0: It's fire. Did I, did I tell you my grandpa makes mascot? No way. What? Oh yeah, dude. He'll come through with like a I don't know how many gallon jug, like a like a like a gasoline container. You gotta tell us on the show, dude. That's yeah. gonna be great. Yeah, that's badass. Yeah, yeah, and like he literally like he just blesses everybody with it. Damn. Yeah, he just makes it just to give it away. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> he like he pays his workers with it too. Damn, that's yeah. badass. My my mom, she goes over to to one of the workers who's been I've known him since I was little, dude. Don Don Emilio. One of my grandpa's workers, he's, that guy, full head of black hair. The guy's like 70-something. Damn. And she's like, do you paint your hair? He's like, what? He doesn't <laughs> even know what that means. <laughs> right? Like he's, he's legit like, you know, yeah. dude, we're from Guerrero. We're from like, I yeah. had never had them enough money to paint his hair. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? And he's like, what? what? What are you talking about? And she's like, do you like paint your hair black? And he's like, no. No, I've never painted no. my hair. Like, she's like, how do you have such black hair? And he's like, no stress in skull, baby. My, yeah. He showed my grandpa's
1: <laughs> Oh, dude. Makes you a man. Yeah. Makes you a man. That's, yeah. that's, a great, ma- man. <laughs> that's great. Are we rolling?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's oh. perfect.
1: Leave that in. <laughs> All right. So we're leaving it in, guys. Hey. Hello, everybody.
0: Welcome to Not A Boring Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Diego Vasquez. And I'm Ryan Domus. Red Anaya.
1: Oh, yeah. This and is t- our boy.
0: today we're with Red Anaya Luis. Red Anaya with Storyline Real Estate. This guy has his hands in <laughs> damn near everything. Yeah. I mean, what we talked about, it right? Loans, escrow, title, the guys flipped cars, the guys punched <laughs> teachers. <laughs> uh, we. I mean, again, he he's literally a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the business. That's why we had to bring him on. Uh, we just interviewed uh, Brian Fox. Yes. And we talked a little bit about uh, investing, but uh you know i mean he's got a wealth of knowledge himself and we know that every question that we ask you you have a completely different take on it so we're really excited to have you man thank you so much for coming on the yeah, show
2: yeah man <laughs> cheers to you brother cheers so cheers, what are you guys? drinking right now sam smith oh, it's an organic man. orange uh it's an organic strawberry beer um i got introduced to it like we were talking about it right now at, at my buddy jj's uh, bar in downtown Santa Ana, Chapter 1, he just offered it over to us, and I fell in love with it, man.
1: Shout out, Chapter 1, man. Dude. Yeah, shout out, Chapter 1. That's a good spot. It, I, it tastes just like Knott's Farm jelly. It was <laughs> so good,
0: bro. No, I, I uh, yeah. like, right at, like, the 20, like, I, I forget, but, like, 21 to 25, I know I went there to Chapter 1 a lot. Sometimes, I feel like it's the only freaking place, the only bar in downtown Santa Ana. Yeah. But they got Copper Door. And they actually have one of your restaurants there. Well, tell us a little bit about it.
2: Uh, It's Cafe Cultura. So it was um, a long, long time for me to actually come about this. Um, So backstory on this part. Obviously, my first business that I've ever owned is real estate. Obviously, Um, real estate has catapulted me and given me the opportunity to invest in Various opportunities, Um, but throughout my years in real estate, uh, it was funny because people would always ask me, "Hey, what ethnicity are you? What ethnicity are you? What ethnicity (laughs) are you?" Um, And I'd always say, "You know, Latino, Mexican." Growing up, going to Michoacan, being there in Saguayo, being with my family, I never saw a difference in color of skin. My cousins are light skin, blue eyes, blonde hair, so it was just not a culture shock to me, right? But I guess here in California, it's not common. So whenever I would say I'm Latino, they would always talk, oh, you like burritos, banda, cerveza, taquitos. And I'm just sitting there going, like, dude, that's not Mexican, man. That's not being a true Latino. <laughs> well, it yeah, is, yeah. but you know? it's not, like, where uh-huh. we come from. That, that's Correct. a
1: white guy's view of it.
2: Yes. Sure. No, yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you get a very big surprise, you know, because, I mean, for myself, I went to Mexico when I was old enough to remember things, right? And I asked for a burrito and a taco stand out there, and they looked at me like, Like you're... What the hell is that? (laughs) Yeah. You know? And people are surprised to understand that burritos were not created in Mexico. They were created here. It was a product of, you know, California making more money. So, in essence, when I would hear those things through real estate, it it started bugging me. You know? It started creating this little, you know, itch. Yeah. Like, I was like, man, dude, that's not what a Latino is. That's not what we are. We have a world of culture, color, love, food, spices traditions like music, it's a whole different thing. It's not just banda. Like it's not just tequila, it's not burritos and tacos. So
0: we have our own set of crooners.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. So in essence, I I always wanted to pick my my business partner Sam's brain who owns Euro Cafe. Um that was when I was owning a, a, my boxing gym at the time. He had a product that he created, he came in, he was a vendor, linked up with them, smart freaking dude. And um he invited me over to his cafe and I said, dude, I wanna create what you have here, but in a Latino version. I was like, so how do we do it, right? And it's, it's crazy how when you put it out to the world and you plant a seed, things come about like super quick. From the day we sat down, six months later, we were in contract in a location. Three months later, we were in Mexico, Chiapas, Oaxaca, Guadalajara, like, just traveling the different regions of Mexico to bring back our cultura. Like, really, really what we are about and create something that brought back the nostalgic feeling of, you know, when you're growing up, when your grandma was able to make you those... Tortas of you know chorizo and queso fresco and refried beans. Oh, man, that makes me to so. Go, <laughs> that sounds amazing, dude. To go out to the fields, yeah. you know, mess with the cows, you know, go out and yeah. uh, with the agave and everything else. Like that's what I remember growing up, right?
0: Dude, random stories. So we used to have a pet cow. <laughs> <laughs> we had a pet cow, and and her name was Luna. Luna, moon, and hey, moon, and moon. Oh, yeah. And I I was. Dude, I would go I would like my, my parents would send me out there. I'd be out there for two, three months. I'd basically live in, in Guerrero. That's where I'm from. Mm-hmm. It's like what? Like uh, right at, now, it's two and a half hours from Mexico City. But yeah. before when it was dirt roads, it was like four and a half hours from Mexico City. <laughs> Las carreteras. Uh, yeah, dude. New, yeah. Yeah. The new
2: freeways that they created out there. Oh, yeah. yeah
0: dude, lifesavers. Yeah. Um, but I guess I would torment this fucking cow because I was bored. <laughs> i would fucking like, throw shit at her or whatever. One time, this cow fucking was like, "All right, motherfucker!" Like, came and whooped my ass. Shut the so, hell up! That cow whooped my ass. But there, like, there is a like. Uh, one night there was a, uh, one night there was like a crazy storm, in um, I mean I'm I'm sure you've you've dealt with it. Like, oh I'm yeah. About, yeah. Like thunder, lightning storms, like sleet, where it's like oh yeah, yeah, hell yeah, (laughs) like it's like it was insane, and I was the only one. So there in Mexico, you know, there's a lot of it's 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 a lot different, and they have basically, I forget they call they're called cisternas. Yeah, yeah. what is that in, in English? It's, it's like externas, a, uh, so from from a well. So we have a well on our on our on our land. That well, we pump up the water and we put it into like a storage, a water storage container. Like that's a water where, well, that our water well. But like yeah. that's where we like hold it uh-huh. in order for us to bathe with, use it for washing dishes, etc. Yeah. So. Los well.
2: que están encima de la casa, yeah. So that's
0: what pumps it up there, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. It's it's like yeah. a three step process. Uh, yes, sir. Sure. So. Um, it's raining crazy one night though. That same cow that whooped my ass. <laughs> Luna Luna is stuck in that in that like in wh- the well in, in the dude like, literally the thing is like this big to get in there. I don't know oh, how the hell no. that, that cow. Wandering in there, <laughs> and so who do they send down to go get this cow? Like, <laughs> the cow? got their <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, hey, bro, like, I'm here. We're f- we're, like, peace. we're cool, right? <laughs> peace, right? Like, I'm here to help. I promise. cow's <laughs> probably gonna be like, fuck you. <laughs> no. I ended up. I ended up tying whatever needed to be tied because they, they lowered me down, and it had to be like, like, imagine, God, like, basically where this TV is 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 like ground level mm-hmm. i'm underground i'm in this thing i had a tight thing i pulled it up
2: it's almost like an above ground septic tank okay in okay. essence
0: no what you're talking about what well, yeah. i'm talking about is underground in the middle like it's actual well yeah yeah. Oh, like a like little it's house in, on the prairie so like the well is what yeah. 30 feet down yeah. and this is oh, about man. seven or eight feet down okay so it fell the, in. Where, that's where it holds the, oh, it holds the water yeah that's wow. crazy yeah so random story <laughs> uh yeah you, you brought you brought up Cows and chickens <laughs> <and laughs> yeah. Chicken yeah Dude, he just caught a $1.4 million listing thir- uh, They're showing on Thursday, bro yeah. Nice it's, yeah.
1: it's got six six bedroom, four bath They have a huge addition It's like perfect for a Super Bowl party What? It's like all the entertainment wing at- house It's in Whittier Okay right near, right near Friendly Hills,
2: Whittier Boulevard Oh, nice, nice, yeah. nice Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah Right there, man Great Sweet area. That's badass 1.4, why does that sound so low?
1: Oh, dude, It is actually low It's probably worth 1.5, 1.6 But they won a bidding war they—they ah. yeah. they literally okay. told us we're not going to accept list price. You got to get us higher, and I was like, "All right." You're the listing agent. Yeah, listing agent. Yep. Okay, nice. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, that's—we've heard that before. Where, like, where the guys like, "This is the price," but this I got to accept something a lot higher, and I was like, "I get it." That's a very, that's a very interesting conversation to have right now. It is. It is. Especially right now.
2: Like yeah, in January,
1: it would have been even harder to have. But right now, I'm like, well, it's summertime. You know, people are people are shopping, and the house is like perfect shape. So it is worth what about 1.5? So we're, we're below the
2: value. Yeah, that's interesting, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, set yourself up for success, brother. <laughs> oh, At that strategy, no? you know, it's kind of hard to when you set it up so low, and then if all of a sudden you get no activity. Oh, yeah. Even when it's that low. Yeah. Like, it's too low. So that, yeah, they're going to be like, what's wrong with it? So that's the like the Super oh, Bowl room, I call flooring.
1: it. And then after that. So it's, it's a
2: bonus room. And that's, mm-hmm. yep. damn, that's big. Mm-hmm.
1: Holy Fuck shit. Yeah. It, and then there's the room. <clears throat> room right there and it's got a beautiful pool and spa in the backyard pavers throughout front driveway nice that's badass dude congrats oh yeah brother 1.4 then we got a 1.6 coming up on on the
2: friendly hills golf course that uh, one's the next week. friendly hills is so he's a uh, cool. dude do you, golf? you golf
1: hell yeah oh dude we'll bring oh we gotta bring him out to golf you golf, golf? Yeah. yeah oh you yeah. Golf. We're, we're, I golf. we're gonna that's try good to go we literally <laughs> yes <laughs> Dude, we're literally trying to go once a week because I'm a What's member. What's gotta go. Oh, we have no, no idea. I <laughs> play best ball, All bro. of a sudden. Yeah, we I'm, play good, best, I'm good. I'm <laughs> good. We play best ball. Yeah, yeah. we are like, who hit the <laughs> farthest one? We'll just put our bar there. I'm
0: I'm great at the fucking range, right? Uh, yeah, of course, everybody is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, really, dude. yeah, everybody is. We'll so you to gotta start you strategizing. Golfing. Yeah, dude, let's do it. Have you been golfing before? Yeah. Have you tried? Oh, okay, we'll get you out there one of these days. Don't not, go. You just hitting the, <laughs> the cart. <laughs> don't, don't fucking
2: go, bro. No, you yeah. know
0: what? So I was in San Clemente, like my first two days there, and some lady, she fucking checked me too. She's like, "What are your What are your first three? And I was like, "Fuck!" I'm like, "Like what? What golf? Like what are your best three golf yeah. clubs?" And I'm like uh driver 9 and a fucking putter i don't fucking know <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, 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 she <laughs> oh she did she
2: knows bro there's people adamant about it yeah, yeah. yeah. don't ever go golfing bro no. it's it's an addicting fucking sport it's addicting as hell as soon as you get a good shot hey, anybody you're fucked can fuck. you're, fucked. Yeah, 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 you're anybody fucked. can do it
1: you're so fucked you are mm-hmm. do it once
2: at driving range you can do it oh bro once you once you hit it once
0: yeah. that one fucked. good one That's you're it. fucked that's, There's a meme about it. Like you're memes fucking smart, fuck, They're like, bro. I want to change this feeling for the right. Dude, of my life. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah. you are fucked, yeah. bro.
2: <laughs> I swear to God, when I started golfing, I mean, I would hit it that way, that way, that way, and the holes that way. Like mm-hmm. it was just horrible. And then I went, I took training for a little bit with one of my buddies. And that first crack when I got it like three thirty-five yards with my driver, that shit just like whoosh. I felt like. I was like, that adrenaline, bro, is. Yes. He He had to change oh. his pants that bro, day. Bro, hell yeah. <laughs> that's all it, you talk about the whole fucking course, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I'm you're like, fucking dry, dry, bro. <laughs> like, fucking drive.
0: <laughs> so my first hole to him i I'm like, all stiff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm playing like I got a broken back, and then I got like two drinks in me. I'm like, fuck. Oh. <laughs>
1: nah. oh. Yeah, no, dude. This guy hits the long ball. He doesn't even have a lot of experience, but he hits it like almost 250, 275. Nice. Like, way the hell
2: out there. Yeah. Man. yeah. I, I, I learned the hard way, bro. It's not how hard you swim. It's just clear, conscious contact, like just consistent. That's why I gotta tell the girls yeah. on
1: Facebook. It. Hey,
2: not- <laughs> hey, that's true. That. And we're I'm recording, sure. ladies and gentlemen. I, love it. I don't think I love he's it. coming back, we so should just just leave, it leave it in. No, you're good. Leave all that in. Yeah.
0: Yeah, why not? All right, all right so we're going so, back
2: to Cafe Cultura. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, so like I was saying, I wanted to create something that brought back that nostalgic feeling. Like when I was a young kid, the Cafe de Oya. It, our our flavors, our seasoning, our colors, our Talavera tiles, everything about Mexico, bro. We wanted to create it as, as realistic as possible. And like I said, sat down with my buddy, told him six months later, found a location. Three months later, we were in Mexico studying. I literally stopped real estate. I stopped doing all real estate, just focusing on opening up the shop. Took us about maybe a month and a week, right? And it's been my biggest... Roller coaster humbling experience, that taught me a lot about business across the board, right? Um, during that time, it was around the best time to buy real estate, where short sales were booming, 2012, um, everything was going great. It was 2012, 2013, somewhere around that time. Um, yeah, 2013, 2014, sorry, I apologize. It's nine years, uh, July 26 is when we opened up the doors. Learned a lot about business. Like it took me 100% away from real estate, never lost a transaction. I ended up losing about six or seven escrows oh. during that time frame of opening up the business, right? You weren't focused because well, you were focused on something else. Was not focused, was not implementing tools, wasn't impre- delegating anything, right? The biggest thing that I've I realized is being a business owner doesn't mean that you do everything, right? It's not like if you could call Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos and ask him, hey, how does this process go in the protocol? He doesn't freaking know, his company is so huge. Same thing with me, with the, with the cafe, I wanted to know everything. So I was spreading myself too thin, didn't have enough time to negotiate deals, call my clients, negotiate transactions with the banks, because obviously during the short, short sale time, you had to consistently be sending them updated pay stubs, updated statements, updated processes, um, waiting for the bank to approve a short sale. So it really, I took a step back and I was like, what am I doing wrong, right? Was this really something that I really wanted to do? everything is going great what am i doing wrong right and at that time i was running also JREC property development which was our my first ever brokerage slash company that i was running right i wasn't a broker i just i paid um, a broker to actually use her license and run it development flipping homes uh doing the whole nine yards assignments everything that you could think of on this side of the sun and i thought i was a badass you know, motherfucker in real estate, dude. Like, I thought I was doing big things. And then my buddy Omar, Damian, who was, who was big in the lending game, he sent me a message and he goes, hey, let's go to this panel. It's a, it was called the $1 billion mastermind. Wow. Right? So I'm thinking, hey, we're going to go out there. We're going to see 10, 20, 30 agents up on stage, the whole nine yards. We're going we're gonna to hear ideas. We're going to get masterminds. Great. Show up. It was, ironically, it was this office that was running that mastermind. Um, And it was all the KWA uh, brokerages around here in this area that came to it as well, too. It was at the Doubletree Hotel um, right here off of MacArthur. So I walk in. I'm expecting this huge, huge panel. Three agents. Three agents. That's it. You know, Sofia Chacon, which I highly respect, Elizabeth Doe, and uh, Kevin Sturdevant, oh. right? Wow. So that was it, agent, Those are big agents, right? Yeah. I didn't know them, yeah. right? Yeah. I didn't know them. I read the stats and I would hear people say, if you do two to three transactions a year, you're average. I was doing about nine to 12 a year. So I was like, so dude, I'm like, king shit. I'm yeah. three times better than every other agent out there. Walk in there and you get humbled, bam, like that. I'm like, holy shit, what am I doing wrong? I'm like, why am I not thinking bigger? Why am I not doing bigger things? So, ironically, I got recruited into KW for the first time, right? And it was in this office, even though this office threw the event. I got recruited by uh, Josh Bidson, and I think it was Leo Robles at the time that yeah. was helping him out. Yeah, yeah, Pacific Estates. Re- yep, yeah. Pacific Estates.
1: That's when Leo was with KW. Yeah. Yep, that's yeah. when Leo was with
2: KW. So, um, I got tossed into it, got to meet some amazing people there, Rob Ross, uh, I mean, it was it was an insane experience, right? Walking around the office, getting to meet these people, getting to meet the broker of record, Nick, everybody across the board. And I was humble, dude. I was like, dude, this is what I want. And my business partner at the time was like, are you sure? Are you sure, Frank? I was like, are you sure? Are you sure you want to cut ourselves short and, you know, pay into a brokerage? I met Frank,
0: by the way. Frank's the man. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. And, and and shout out to Josh
2: Spitson and to Leo Robles as oh, yeah. well. yeah. 100%. 100%. Shout out to yeah. Leo. He wears blue, but we still love him. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, in essence, I got in there. We we signed up, and then I got introduced to the the Red Book, right? M R A. Ooh, Red Book. You know, and I was like, "What is this? Like, let's have a mastermind. Let's dive deep into it." I bought the tabs one, and I was like, "Cool." At that time, I wasn't really looking at my career in real estate as a business. I was just looking at my restaurant as a business because I had employees, even though I never looked at myself as an employee. Um, I had operation systems, products to sell, even though we're selling real estate. So my mindset was like, look, I'm gonna try this out, right? So
0: wait, you were you were looking at real estate as a job.
2: Yeah, I was looking at real estate as a job, not as a career, not as a business, nothing else, as a job. Something tells
0: me a lot of other agents do this. Oh, tremendously, bro. Uh,
2: Cause we undervalue, right? Um, and we were, I was looking at more like transactional base, not system orientated, not being able to delegate stuff or have tools optimizing everything about the business. So I took the book, I started reading it, and I realized, like, right away, the first, like, two chapters, I was like, bam. Like, my mind was blown, like, delegating, hiring. Like, you cannot hire fast enough to get all the shit that you have on your plate that you don't wanna do to someone else, right? But it's not just about hiring the person that you're gonna pay and they're gonna do it. You gotta hire people that are smarter than you, that are oh, better at smarter you, than you yeah. better than you at what you're hiring them for, right? Um, and I learned that the hard way. You know, we we had a revolving door at the restaurant for a while. We were hiring people, letting them go, hiring people, letting them go. Um, and now, dude, it's it's a blessing uh, because we have such a great culture. And the book helped us. When we opened up the restaurant, it was probably about <clears throat> maybe three employees, and then it was my wife working there, my business partner Sam, Frank, um, and then the other three employees. Right Man, now, that's we're humbling you both, you you and your wife, and then you oh yeah, three yeah, yeah hundred percent. Uh, I still go in there, dude, and I I wash dishes. I do what I want to do, bro. It's badass. It's humbling, dude. It's grounding. Um, But in essence, that's when we started. And right now, fast forward, nine years later, we're at 22 employees deep. Um, That's just the location in Santa Ana. Azusa's at 17 employees deep. So it was great to see those systems and tools being able to be implemented and optimized and grow, right? Because our profitability went from... Thirty percent to 60% profitable to 90% growth. Um, Even though we were spending more money on labor, even though we were hiring more people, and it was the biggest fear, right? How am I going to pay this person after I hire them? What am I going to do with them? How am I going to be able to guarantee their pay?
0: Because
2: it's a huge responsibility, bro. Like I tell that to a lot of people. My first year I ever got W-2s, it was humbling to me. Like I always wanted to do that. Like I always wanted to create jobs. I always wanted to be able to supply income to somebody to be able to have a future and invest your money and stuff like that. So it was like, to me, it was humbling, dude. Like I even cried. I was like, damn, that's badass. Like my dream came true. Like I have a business and then it slapped me right in the face because I got my own W two from storyline. And I was like, Oh shit, I have a business here too. Damn. All right. How do I start doing that here? How do I start plugging it in here? And how do I start thinking bigger? Where do I leverage? How do I, you know, start using my network, my resources, um, the, the business, the, the, even the restaurant itself, I mean, you just got to think about everything in a business aspect of, of being able to grow and expand your marketing. So like our sleeves at Cultura, I don't know if you've ever gone to them. Um, an expense that I always heard a lot of restaurants and cafes have are the coffee sleeves, right? Cause you have to customize oh, them, right? yeah.
1: We call it, I call it the Java jacket. Yeah, there you go. Java the Java jacket. jacket. you Put it on the okay, cup. Yeah.
2: So we're in real estate brother, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Real estate doesn't necessarily mean a building, land, anything, right? Real estate is everything. So we sold real estate on the coffee sleeve. We sold it to other businesses that wanted to market to everybody around the area that picked up a coffee from us. So we sold it to four businesses, which we were able to leverage out and be able to have different color sleeves, more marketing, more material, less expenses for the business, more profitability. But at the same time, exposure and growth for those businesses as well, too. So it's cross-branding, cross-marketing. We weren't scared. Like, we're open-book, dude. Like, we want to grow. We want everybody to grow. There's enough business for everything in every aspect of business, not just the cafe and, re- and restaurants and, like, the boxing gym that we had, even flipping cars. The more you network with like-minded individuals, the more of an open-book they are. Yeah. You know, you don't get the bullshit short-end story where, like, they give you the cold shoulder and they they swear they have the secret juju that, you know, it's going to take off on you. Like, nah, hell no, dude. I'm... I'm more than happy to give it all away. Now, that's just my mindset about it. But that was just the 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 twist part about it. Is it grew to where it's at right now, and the amazing part about it is the the beautiful part for me. Is when we're walking around and I'm listening to people talk and there's people that take a sip out of the cafe de olla and I hear them tell their kids Bro. it remember it reminds me of like <laughs> mm,
0: I so so Brianna my <laughs> fiance <laughs> you have no idea dude so cuz I I so when we were first dating I took her to San Miguel de Allende just blew her mind that, Oh yeah yeah dude, dude, beautiful. I was beautiful I was like The
2: colors The architecture She was like Everything Bro I had her She was
0: mine since then <laughs> You know But then when I Then I took her to go To Mexico City When I was When I was gonna propose to her Nice And then I took her to Go meet like my family In Guerrero Nice and She got that Full experience When she went to Café Cultura The other day And you gave her that Café de Olla She was just like I feel like I'm back in Mexico. <laughs> that's awesome. And picture her—somebody who, did, who's like she, her culture is Huntington Beach. Yeah, like she's yeah. a Huntington Beach Girl. like American, yeah. never been to Mexico before, and click, click, click. that one sip oh, took yeah, her okay. back to Mexico. That's
2: awesome, man. Yeah, and that's what we wanted. Like when we created all that, all of our ingredients are homemade. We make them on the spot. We cook to order. So it's not like if we pre-make anything and have it stored and then microwave it. There's, we don't believe in microwaves in the restaurant, mm-hmm. and that's what we wanted. We wanted authenticity because that's what we are as Latinos. We're authentic. We have our roots. We have our beliefs. We have our our strengths and our weaknesses, but we can grow from it, either way. And it was just a big passion, and to see it where it's at right now, it's amazing. Like we were in <clears throat> Hawaii, and uh, just like a couple months ago, and I was wearing my hat, and it, it all it has is a logo. And a lady was walking by, and she goes, oh, that's Cafe Cultura. I was like, I know. And I was like, yeah, yeah, dude, that's dope as hell. And that yeah. shit was crazy, because, like, even my kids were like, oh, man, like, dad, they know it. They know it. It's like, you're famous. And I was like, no, I'm not
1: famous. I'm infamous. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why we cool. got you on the show, bud. Yeah. We want you to be famous. And, and it, it, dude. <laughs> this has got to be one of the best episodes we've ever had because like, it's one thing to say like who you are and where you're from. It's another thing to have so much passion about what you do oh, and the way it rubs off on people. Like that random lady in Hawaii, oh, his yeah. fiance who's carrying his baby boy right now. Shout out to your girl. Right now. I know, man. Shout, Shout out, to you. out. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I know. It, it, and I take that passion on everything, man. Like even with real estate, I love seeing when I when I flip properties. I love seeing an ugly duckling turn into a beautiful home for a family, right? Yeah. And then I don't stop there. Like, buyers that purchase our flips, I educate them on doing living trust, protecting their investment, investing in their future. Like, it's a passion for me, right? Because at the end of the day, it's, it's, it doesn't matter how much knowledge you have. If you can't share it and adequately educate people on it to grow – it's useless Oh yeah. in essence you know at least for me yeah, that's
0: the whole point of you the know? show yeah we, we want to do is we want to educate our people what does that mean it could be other Realtors it could be title could be escrow could be lenders and most importantly you know our clients are, are buyers and sellers oh yeah for people who are looking to refinance like we bring on people like yourself to say hey like uh, me too. I could do this too. <laughs> yeah. If I could do it, you can do it.
2: The good me yes. too.
1: The good, right, me, the too. good <laughs> me too.
2: <laughs> the good me too. Hey! Not the, the other me too. Damn it! That's a good, <laughs> good man. <laughs> 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 You're sounding like an Angels <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> fan already. Come on, man. So,
1: so we, we got the Dodgers. We got the Angels. It's yes, baseball sir. season up in this house right now. But but I've we, you just had an event at Cafe Cultura
2: Yes, this, I heard it was amazing. Thank you. Very um, nice. It was it was humbling. Like I said, I'm. I really don't do a lot of public speaking. Like this is my first ever podcast that we I. We just popped so, your cherry. Yeah. Right? Yes. My cherry got popped. The yeah. best one, right? Yeah, you know it. <laughs> so in essence, it's it's amazing, you know, and I I love it because I want to make sure that people understand we're all human. Like we could do it. Like I don't come from money. Um, my parents don't come from money. My family doesn't come from money. It's all been hard work. Like blood, sweat, and tears. Long nights, um, not seeing my kids grow up, like, spending long days at the office, which I still do right now as well, too. Um, and it's all about... It's like 7 o'clock,
0: by the way. <coughs> yeah, right. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, But in essence, like, yeah, like, it, it's it's been interesting to me, you know, going through the whole transition. Because even at the cafe, um, I've had people tell me, like, oh, it's easy for you because of the color of your skin, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, dude, it's it's, like, to me, that's, like, the biggest insult. Like, that's just, like, to me, it's, like... I don't understand how people come up with that even idea, right? Yeah, and and I get it. Just because your life is short or your your shortcomings are uh, kind of hindering you, you have to find excuses to insult other people that didn't give a shit, whether they were dark, light, tall, skinny, fat, short. Didn't matter, right? There's no such thing as shortcuts. You're gonna put in the work. You're gonna get the results. You know, and and especially in our industry, real estate, right? I don't know about you guys, but I've never seen a credit report say male, female, black, white, Hispanic, mm-hmm. you know, Asian, that's illegal. it's, it doesn't say anything. Right. It just shows a number yeah. and it says you're responsible or you're not. That's it. Right. And it's very easy to understand how to work that system. If you align yourself with the right people and that's all it is. Mm-hmm. It's a system. It's available to all of us. Like me that came up poor, that just made a decision and said, I don't want to do this shit anymore. Mm-hmm. right? I don't wanna be associated that, oh, because I'm Latino, I can't make it. Or because I'm Latino, I can't do this. Or because my parents don't have money, I can't have money. Mm -hmm. I just didn't wanna believe in those myths, right? Because those are beliefs that sometimes if you say them enough, you're gonna start believing them, right? So you gotta start changing your process, your mindset, and aligning yourself in that circle of environment that could elevate you, right? Because that's the biggest thing. You know, you you gotta be able to plug in with people. You got to bring something to the table. Yeah. It's not as easy as just going up to a rich person and saying, hey, I want to kick it with you, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Like, what, it, what
0: kind of value could you possibly
2: it, <laughs> bring me? Yeah. yeah. But, it's,
0: like, look, I don't want to, like, mess up your train of thought because holy shit, you guys. <laughs> if you guys have been listening up to this, like, this is everything I want our our episodes to be, right? It's, like, like dude... When I came in here and I, I like I've had the, the the opportunity to actually have like extended conversations with you after hours. I mean, dude, we put in the work like I, mm-hmm. I when I came in, I said, I just want to work. Yeah. And and I, like it's you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be the best. You just have to put in the work. But what a lot of people do say and they make up excuses and they're just like, well, that's just not me. I'm not like that. That's you're like that. You were somehow blessed by God to be like the way that you are. It's like, no, dude, I had to create this person. You have had humble beginnings just like myself Mm -hmm. from like gangs to everything that you've been through. What, what do you think was that, that pivotal moment that said gang member to I'm done with this. I'm gonna make a better life for myself for my family. What was that point?
2: So, <clears throat> like you said, you know, growing up in a family where my only aspect in life in my view was, you know, gangs, street life, all that other stuff. Yeah, that Dodger hat don't help. <laughs> hey, don't judge me. <laughs> um, in essence, it was it was a, a very life changing experience for myself where I got into a very Very bad car accident um, with one of my good friends, Louie. We were driving back from Pachanga, or was it? Yeah, it was Pachanga Casino. Uh, We ended up crashing, rolled my car, almost ended up in a coma, and he almost ended up paralyzed from the neck down. Yeah, so in the hospital, it was was truly a life-changing experience for me to see who came to visit me, right? And it was just my mom, my dad, my sister, my brother-in-law, and my girlfriend at the time was my wife now. Um, And there's a reason why she's my wife. Right. Um, And when I got out of there, only one of my cousins came to visit me. And I don't hold it against any of my family members. I love all of them. Um, One of my cousins was always coming to me and being like, yo, change. You know, this isn't this isn't what you want to do. You don't want to end up in the wrong path. You don't want to die. That's my cousin, Chompers.
0: Victor. Chompers. Yeah.
2: (laughs) And uh, that really like cemented it in me. Right. Because I took a step back and I was realizing who am I following? Like, what am I doing? what path am I going to and what is at the end of the, at, at this road, right? If I'm looking at the people that are older than me and that have been through this journey, do I want to end up like them, right? Do I want to be that kind of person? Uh, and no shame, no shame to them. No, no. Um, yeah, we're not bad. Yeah. We're or- not bashing on anybody, you know, but <clears throat> in essence, I also was affecting my family. Cause my dad was, my dad's been a hardworking man. Like he's probably, the man a man that I, I've, I can honestly look up to and he's my hero, everything across the board. The man has done everything for us from putting food on the table to putting up with all my shit, which is putting up with all my shit is more than putting food on the table. Uh, you know, so, it was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. Because you know, that wasn't the first car I ever wrecked. It was the second car. And the first car, my dad, <laughs> my dad refinanced the house, pulled it out, bought me another car. And it was at that time that I looked oh, at my dad. <laughs> I looked at my dad and I was like, Dad, that's not making me a man. You know, that's making me dependent on someone else to be able to provide for me. Right. And I understand and I appreciate it my dad was doing it, because him growing up, his dad got killed when he was two years old or five years old, I think. So he didn't have that. He wanted to provide more than what was ever given to him, which he did far above and beyond. But like I told my dad, seeing you, I want to not only be you, but I also want to be better at the things that you were not able to get because of the circumstances of your life. Right. No offense to him. Um, cause I appreciate everything that he gave to us. So I told my dad, I said, look, dad, I'm a man. And if I stay here, I'm a product of my environment. I can tell you that I'm going to stop. I'm not going to party. I'm not going to do stupid shit. I probably will for a little bit, but then it's only a habit and a nature of my being. That's all I know. So I had to get out of my comfort zone and I just literally dropped everything and I moved to Arizona. I was like, fuck it. I'm out. That was that um, yeah, it was that moment. It was that moment, that pivotal moment where I literally looked at my, at my wife at the time. She was my girlfriend. And I told her, I was like, hey, I, I actually tried to break up with her. I was like, you're a perfect woman. I was like, you deserve the best. Oh. And I was like, and I have nothing to provide to you. Like, I really don't. Like, I'm really, I really don't have my shit together. I don't have education. To be
1: that honest, it's not
2: easy. <laughs> oh, it's not, dude. It's no. not. Um, but it was hurting me more because I knew what I was losing. Right. And I was telling her, like, I don't want to hold you back. You deserve the best. And if I leave and I come back and you're available, fuck yeah. Rock and roll, baby. But if I leave and I come back and you're taken, that's my life lesson. Right? And she took the leap of faith. She, she, she's like, nah, I'm not leaving you. Not yeah. Leaving. She's like, I'm going with you. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> yeah. I'm
1: not fucking leaving. <laughs> um,
2: only God knows what, what she <laughs> saw in me, bro. Like, I, you know, I, I give it to them. Women are smarter than men yeah. um, in various ways. And I respect her. And she saw something in me that obviously I didn't see in myself. But being a man and probably presenting myself in that situation and literally opening up the books, she stuck around and she's been with me for 16 years, four kids later, amazing woman is the reason that I'm, I'm the man that I am, right? Because we're providers, mm-hmm. you know, and we have a, a, a sense of being and we want to provide more. And if we have the right tools for us to be able to provide, it only enhances our abilities to want to do more and stretch ourselves even more to that capacity. So... That was a pivotal moment that told me like, change, bro. Like change to make it short. Yeah, change, and I took off, learned the shit out there, um, <laughs> beat the shit out of the professor. So talk to <laughs> a- Oh, yo, no, I want I
1: want to hear this story. So apparently you punched the teacher. Please tell yeah, me.
2: Yeah. So it was it was a. Um, what I was what, going, what
0: school?
2: I was going to the start. University of Phoenix, um, and during that time frame, it was literally I was. Uh, an enrollment advisor, right? It was a salesperson, right? So we were just pretty much cold calling and everything else. And I took on the opportunity to get free education at the time. You get it at a discount. And um, I went to the on-campus, and it was business accounting, because I've always wanted to be in business. So I'm doing my business accounting class. My professor finished the the class, and I sat there. And um, it was at the time that we had to turn in some documents. We had to source our authors. And one of the authors of the book that I sourced was my professor, right so it was an amazing experience for me i was like oh shit he's an author he's famous he's smart he's a genius not knowing how easy it is to fucking write a book and push it together and get a publisher and you know send it all out right? Wait, yeah. after
0: brian fox saying he's, <laughs> he's writing a book,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, writing a book. Exactly. Yeah. no i know but you know in essence like it was it was an experience for me right mm-hmm. coming from not reading books not caring more about gangs being out in the streets um doing all the dumb things right so i wanted to just pick his brain i was like dude you know
0: you're like yeah once you start from not reading books to reading books yeah yeah dude you your mind oof like that overnight almost
2: oh 100 so i stayed after class and i was like hey you know here's my paper i just wanted to ask you a couple questions how many businesses have you owned you know and because this is about business yeah it's a business right so a professor looks at me and he's like dumbfounded he's like what, what, what do you mean? What's the What's the question about? Tom, like, why? The camera? Come on. <laughs> Yo, you're gonna be on one of our shows
1: one of these days, Tom. <laughs>
0: come, over, come over here, Tom. Just run in here real quick. You gotta come in here. Camera. Come
1: into the background. <laughs> uh, background, background. This is a little preview of a future episode because we're gonna John have him on one of these days.
0: Look, th- th- this is the This is a guy. He makes 000, 000 a, <laughs> the <laughs> the he a million not, dollars a year. The man, the myth, the legend. It's
1: only like nine eighty. That's it. He's a handsome, <laughs> smart. Keller Williams oh, business man. I like this guy. <laughs> He's He's fucking beautiful. He's that's cool. right. I like what you guys do here. Oh, yeah. Old-fashioned Old beer, beer. Oh, yeah. We're going to get it's you wasted. We man. can't wait to get you on the <orange laughs> show, brother. I'm going say some things. You just did that. an ice plunge. <laughs> you, you just did an ice plunge, didn't you? I <laughs> did. Was, uh, what, uh, I know. What, how was what, that? Were you stalking him?
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. How was that? How was the ice plunge?
1: Oh, that was painful. That was very painful. Really? First first minute is like... I mean, you forget how to breathe in, the, in that first <laughs> minute. You you jump in. After that, it's like it gets a little easier, but you have to uh, like give into it. Yeah, I was in there for five minutes, but uh, anything more than that, I mean, it's probably not helping you. It's going to kill a few uh, things. Yeah. Damn, <laughs> yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> your, your balls definitely shrink. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like, oh, Makes sense. Real.
2: We
0: appreciate she, you interrupting. Oh, uh, of course,
2: because
1: we're going to yeah. have you on the show one of these days, brother. Right. Thanks, Tom. Hey,
0: we'll see, see you, Tom. Tom.
2: You're the man. Um, so in essence, like I was saying, I, I was, I just stayed after class. I was asking him the questions and the guy looks at me and he's like, I I don't, I don't understand your question. And at that point, you know, obviously I would say the street part of me came out and I was just getting frustrated. I was (laughs) like, bro, I'm not, I'm not stupid. Right. How often does the hood come (laughs) out of me? Oh dude.
1: I I always say, Oh, here comes the Anaheim. Anaheim.
2: Anaheim. 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 So I was like, I was getting frustrated, bro. I was like. I'm not not fucking stupid, right? I'm asking the right question. And he looks at me and he goes, none. Mm -hmm. And that shattered me, bro. Like it really fucking like broke me down. I was like, so you're telling me I've been investing all this fucking time to get hypotheticals mm-hmm. you know like I could have gone to the fucking library and read the same fucking books yeah. and gotten a better understanding but of how it how much did you invest in learning this I was 47,000 in oh. 47,000 dollars in that's a lot of money um between me and my wife at the that's, time that's like Scientology <laughs> that's tell you about dude it. and I was yeah. I it pissed me off and I just like he looked at me and he was like why are you why are you getting so mad like I, no one told you That I was a A business owner And I was like Well then what the fuck Are you teaching us bro Like And I, I like, theory, literally yeah. I, yeah it was literally theory And like I just grabbed him From the fucking neck And it was <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it's, it's like, like oh, Homer off. Simpson uh, style. Yeah. And
2: dude, he's like, he started, started screaming, so come oh, in. <laughs> <you're> <laughs> ah. Dude, it, it just it fucking broke me, dude. I was like, dude. what the fuck? Like, what the fuck was I investing in? Yeah, right? University
0: of Phoenix. You, you <laughs> money.
2: Yeah, I was like, man, like this is fucking bullshit. I'm getting scammed. How many other people? How many other people are getting scammed? Yeah. Right. So it was at that time that I, I was driving back home and I was like thinking, fuck. Uh, I'm not gonna work here anymore. Like shit, I don't have, a, I don't have, I don't have access to education anymore. Mm-hmm. I just brought this my wife out here. She was pregnant at the time actually with her first son, Danny. Uh, shout out to my boy, Danny. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she, I was driving home and I was like, "What the fuck? Like, what am I gonna tell her? Like, what am I gonna tell her? Like, I just literally moved you. You're 19. I think she was 20 years old at the time." You left your family behind. I came out here to better myself, and I, I just fucked it all up. <laughs> so as I took the streets, because back in those days, in that was 2010, I think it was. No, 2007, actually. Sorry. Um, it was around 2007, 2008. Um, and I was driving back home, and I took the streets because the freeways out there were empty. Like, you could get home in 15, 20 minutes on a 30-mile drive, dude. Like, not like here in Orange County where, like, 30 miles is two days. Mm-hmm. Like, you're done. So I was driving down the street, and at that time, I was like, obviously, foreclosure everywhere, mm-hmm. right? And I see this old man putting for sale by owner signs. Not just one, the whole fucking block, right? And I'm, I've never been shy. Like, I pulled over my car, got off the car, and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you own all these houses? And then he goes, are you a realtor? And I was like, nah. I was like, I don't even know what the fuck a realtor is. I was like, I really don't. What I was like, that? what that the, the that? hell is that? And he goes... Oh, yeah. I, I bought all these properties in foreclosure. Oh. And he bought out, um, I think at that time, it was Pulte Homes. Oh. He bought out a Pulte Home track development at $0.10 cents on the dollar, dude. Oh, it was the true. cheapest shit ever. Like, I can even tell you our own property, my my, my the one of my parents, uh, 2268 Shadow Drive. Like, you can look it up on title and you'll see my name on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one across the street from us was a 2400 single-story Three-bedroom with a den, two ba- two-and-a-half-bathroom house, sold for $68,000 during that time. Oh, Built 2008. Brand Built fucking new. for
0: 68 grand.
2: 68 grand, <laughs> below shelter-level costs. So that old man took me under his wing, taught me about loans, and that's how I started in the loan game, right? Um, and at that time... <clears throat> my wife and I were like, "Let's buy a house." Was this. was
0: it like that one scene from Wolf of Wall Street where he's like, "Show me your check, <laughs> and I'll it's quit like, my job I'll right now." Job. <laughs> but look, you didn't have a job to quit. No, I didn't but. have
2: a job yeah. to quit. So I was like, "Fuck it, let's roll the dice." And uh, at that time, it was it was a hard decision for us because my wife and I were like, "Let's become homeowners out here. We're gonna get shit dirt cheap. You know, we'll continue our life out here." And my wife was like, "I fucking hate it out here. I really hate it out here. You know, and, and in this." It's not so much the same happy wife, happy life, dude. It's it's a happy couple, right? Because it's both of us. It's not just me, my happiness, and her, her happiness, or whatever the situation may be. We gotta work on each other, right? And you gotta work together to make a a, a happy relationship, a happy family. So if my wife wasn't feeling it, and I'm leaving behind my mom and my dad, who actually left here to go over there and back me up because I was the baby of the family. You know, they didn't want to leave me out there by myself. My my sister was out here married, she had her kids, she had her family. They're like, dude, we're gonna go help out this knucklehead out there, not fuck it all up again. Damn, you know, it was, it That's was the truth. Damn. So I was, I was hard pressed, dude. I was like, shit. My wife now wants to leave. My parents, I'm gonna leave my parents out here, even though they left me mm-hmm. and they left everything behind to come and back me up. Now I'm gonna leave them again,
0: wow. <laughs> and um, and I did.
2: You know, I came back over here. Uh, I got taken under my my buddy Oliver's wing. Um, not you (laughs) um not diego sorry uh oliver huerta he was the one that took me under his wing and uh started uh doing short sales out here door knocking and it's funny because the first fucking like everybody talks about door knocking how long did it take uh for you to get your first deal in real estate right like for yourself how long did it take for you to get your first deal dude it
1: it, believe it or not two months and then i sat in an open house and i repped the buyer that bought that open house (laughs)
2: nice how about you diego uh,
0: for, On the real estate side, yeah, it took me about five months. October to f- February. Is that four or five months? Uh, months? Yeah. yeah. Five months. Yeah, five months. Five months. So was, October 2018, never forget. Rates jumped up to like five and a half or something crazy. And like everybody that I tried to qualify was like friends of mine from high school. <laughs> yeah. They're like, Diego, I got a
2: fucking 450. What can I get? I'm like, dude. So it's funny because everybody has a story like that, right? I got it. I got my this, first. Uh, my first deal was the first fucking door I knocked. Like not even you, a week. <laughs> not even you a week what? into my. Fucking Nobody listened to him <laughs> anymore after this. <laughs> my first week of being a realtor, um, I got a list of properties to knock. Four four two two Silver Street. First house I ever sold. First family I ever repped. And first divorce I ever caused, actually. <laughs> 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 Fucking funny as shit. Because <laughs> as a realtor, you, you, the, the crazy part about real estate is everybody looks at the glamour, right? The the beautiful HGTV, signing contracts, $27 million deals, driving Rolls Royces, the cars, the clothes, the watches, the whole nine yards, right? But nobody looks at the grit work. Nobody looks at the, the education behind it, understanding prelims, understanding easements, title encroachments. Leans anything that actually really does factually matter in a transaction, all the contracts representing people, all those things, right? So that transaction was the first door I knocked. The guy's like, "Hey, we're fucking losing it. Come on in."
1: And I'm like,
2: "No shit." I was like, "What the fuck?" Like I didn't know what to do. Like honestly, didn't know what to do. God? God. I was like, "Shit." So I literally walked in. I had a blank listing agreement. The guy signed it on the spot. Took off, went back to the office, and uh, I even told my uh, my buddy. I was like, yo, I got a fucking listing. And he's like, and he's like, "Like, bro, shut the fuck up, dude. It was your first <laughs> fucking I day knocking. I was like, yeah. I got a fucking listing. Mm-hmm. And he looks at the paper and he goes, oh, shit, you got a fucking listing. <laughs> oh my I was God. like, son of a bitch. So went through the whole process, listed the property, sold it. But in the interim of selling the property, um, I got the prelim, right? And statement of information comes out. And in the prelim, there's a child support lead, Right. So I didn't know that in that time frame, I wasn't educated with real estate. I didn't have the, the experience that I have now. I didn't know it's just a common thing, common name, right? It doesn't necessarily mean anything, right? So we're sitting at the table filling everything out. And then I tell, you know, Jose Fernandez, his name was. I was like, Jose, and I was like, I got to talk to you afterwards. And he's like, no, 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 my wife's here. Echale, I que platicar, you know, let talk. And I was like, no, 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 I got to talk to you afterwards, bro. And the lady was already having it, right? Because there was a backstory to this. That was the lady's. Um, original, uh, her original house, her dad's own house. Oh, shit. So her dad gave it to her. Mm -hmm. She kept it. She married this man. This man tried to be an entrepreneur, refinance, 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 pull money out, pull money out, invest, fail, invest, fail, invest, fail. fail. Market crashes. You have no more equity. So now they got to sell her father's original property, which he had passed away. Right. So she was already hating her husband. And I'm like, dude, I got to talk to you in private. And he goes, nah. Talk to me now. And he goes, All right, cool, I need you to fill out this documentation. There's a child support lien out there for you, and I need to clear this shit up. That lady snaps, dude. She oh, fucking, man. that in was front like, yeah, in dude. front of you. Yeah, dude. She just oh. let him have it, bro. Oh, no. It was a camel that broke the straw back, and I was just like, son of. And I'm sitting there hearing him scream, her telling him everything. Like, she just. <laughs> and, you're
0: and I'm sitting there hey, like, sure. I how like, about yeah. them Lakers?
2: <laughs> exactly. I was <laughs> sitting there going, like, fuck, did I just cause a, a divorce? Like, <laughs> shit. It happens. Oh, yeah, dude. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, bro. And I look at the guy and I'm like, I tried, I tried bro. I fucking tried like six times. I got to talk to you by yourself, homie. Like, <laughs> let's get this shit cleared up. Long story short, we sold the house. The lead wasn't his. <laughs> hey, and uh, they still use you as a real Yeah, pro. yeah, no, yeah, still, dude. The lady fucking loved me, dude. She was like, awesome. oh, you, thank you. Know, you. Yeah, yeah. you fucking, you exposed them to me and blah, blah, blah. And this oh, is like, oh yeah. show me the truth. And You're I was fucking, sitting there going, you. like, the truth shall <laughs> set you free. <laughs> and it wasn't true. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it wasn't true. He did do shit. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was like my first experience and my first touch in real estate was, the first door I touched, first listing I got, first deal I got.
0: I'll give you that. That's Look, right what on. a lot of people don't know when it comes to door knocking or cold calling is that
2: you don't know when it's going to No, no. Nah, right? Nah. And,
0: and if you just, like, if you can just come at it from the point of, like, service, I, I'm i here to help. Mm-hmm. I want to help. I got moxie. I got energy. I got, like, if I don't know the answer, I'm going to find it out for you. Yeah. It it might happen on the first one.
2: Oh, yeah. No, don't get me wrong. After the first one, it was like 52 other fucking doors that I knocked. It's a numbers game. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a numbers game. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: No, 100%. Think about that. But in essence with that, it was just like a very humbling experience. But yeah, because of the lack of knowledge, and this is what I tell a lot of realtors that are brand new, you have to put in the work, right? You have to understand everything that goes around real estate because it's not just about putting up a sign and getting offers and closing them. And that's it. Right. There's a lot of network in between. And if you don't have the right team and the right people to delegate in the right systems, you could fuck shit up pretty bad. You sure could. You could fuck shit up pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: I have a question for you because there, there's, there's like me and Diego back in the day. There's kids out there who are saying that I can own a restaurant one day. I can invest in a restaurant one Mm day. You know, they're hanging out, their parents are asleep. It's like 11 o'clock at night. They're passing the blood around the garage. They don't want their parents to smell it. They're going, I can own a restaurant one day.
2: What do you got to say to those guys? Try it, do it. Don't be scared about it. Um, I didn't know shit about coffee when I got into the coffee game, you know? And it's paralysis by analysis, right? If I would have taken a step back and try to analyze everything about real estate, I probably would have never gone in. If I would have taken a step back and try to analyze everything about boxing, I would have never owned a boxing gym. Cars, temp agency, the whole nine yards, dude, just failure, dude. And fail fucking fast. Understand that if you're failing, there's things that you can do to fix it. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you try to be a perfectionist and learn everything about it, that doesn't necessarily mean like, don't, don't take my, my words 100% for face value I always align myself with people that know more shit about me, Mm -hmm. right? And not not more shit about me in in particular. What I meant was more shit about everything that I'm investing in. Partner up with people, dude. Don't try to be the captain, save a hoe on everything, right? You have yeah, to Ryan. partner up. <laughs> you, have to, you have to partner up with people that Just know more about. Colonel save a hoe. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it's, 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 in, <laughs> essence, <laughs> in, in essence, to, to like answer your question, I would say don't be scared to try it and fail, okay. right? Because that's the one thing that holds a lot of people back, mm-hmm. you know? They put up these obstacles that are not there. Mm-hmm. right they put up these excuses that are not real mm-hmm. they put up these personas that don't really have any factor in the the being to becoming a successful person yes. in anything mm-hmm. right so i would just say go out there and try it right mm-hmm. fail fast hire people that know about it right and partner up with people and anchor people like i didn't know sure about the restaurant industry but what i did know is restaurants have systems right so when i studied the restaurant industry i saw all right cool there's a chef And most restaurants fail because the minute the chef leaves, so does the food quality. So you have to hire someone else and that other person might not have the same seasoning, the same hands, the same cooking time, the same experiences, the same knowledge. Now you're fucked. So your recipe and your concept and everything else has completely changed. So I wanted to anchor the key points in the business to be able to have a successful partnership in essence. For another house person, which is my my good cousin Frank, The chef, the brains of the operation, Sam, and then myself, CFO, finances, money, the whole nine yards, right? In essence, with that, putting that team together, I didn't give a shit about learning coffee or anything else. It was just try by failure and experience. And we did, right? We tried because a lot of people think that if you go with the name brand shit, you're going to succeed, right? And we did. We went with Illy. Yeah. We're like, fuck, everybody knows Italy. it's an Italian brand. And I was like, but that's not us, dude, we're Mexican. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, yeah. that, that really goes against our fucking yeah. our, our business whole. model, like the whole idea, right? Yeah. But we wanted quality, mm-hmm. right? But we didn't understand that quality comes in different levels too, mm-hmm. right? Not just because it's an established brand, they have the best product out there. So we partnered up with a, um, a different brand, and it was a Latino brand. And that's it. You know, we started studying the coffee, the roasting times, the acidity levels, the, the connoisseurs in the industry. We started asking them questions, learning the process, the methods and everything else as we were building the business, not before we did. So in essence, to answer your question, if they want to do it, fucking do it. Like put yourself in the position where you're going to succeed by partnering up with the people that have at least dabbled in the business and want to do something bigger. Because that's what I've been doing my whole entire life, in essence, with everything that I've done. My business partner in the, in the gym was my good friend still to today, Chuy Gutierrez, um, and he owns R-T-B, um, RTB Boxing, which is ironic because life comes in a full circle. You know, my first business that I ever owned, aside from me being a realtor, was RTB Boxing. Now I own RTB Holdings, you know, and it's like a full circle. You know, so to me, <laughs> yeah. So
1: here's the thing, because we've been talking, mm-hmm. you are successful at so many things. And me and Diego constantly talk about. We created this podcast, not just for agents that are struggling or agents that want some inspiration, but for those those people that feel that maybe somebody told them they were a loser, mm-hmm. maybe maybe they told themselves they're a loser. Yeah. But and then and we always have these ideas that we think might be too good to be true. Here we are right now we had an idea of a podcast That's we're badass. interviewing red dude <laughs> Dude, ryan came to me
0: because all right so it started off with like a me having that mastermind yeah. right yeah mastermind some badass motherfuckers we still got we still got some of my boys that i got to bring on but yeah. oh sweet mm-hmm. gangsters because again they're they're our age they're young and the motherfuckers are driving fucking ferraris and, and lambos and kind of you know and and, and they're young <laughs> right a lot of us, we, we kind of say it's hard work and you got to pay the fucking thing, blah, 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 But there's there's guys that don't have any of those limiting beliefs mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. come out the gate mm-hmm. gunning for it. 100%. It, it started there, and then I was like, well, I want to do something. I want to educate people. I want people to know that everything that they tell themselves is just an excuse. And Ryan came comes to me and he's like and he had been telling me for a while he's like i want to i want to like do i want to like do a podcast <laughs> and i'm like yeah yeah he's like no nah, man like i was like we should do a podcast it's about real estate but it's I, I want it to not be boring and that's where we said it's not a boring real estate podcast
2: that's a badass idea dude i mean and, and, and that's where it comes about right putting implementation into ideas mm-hmm. and then just moving forward without the fear of failure right yeah because failure only happens when you quit mm-hmm. that's it right and that's all it is. Like, to me, that's all it's ever been, right? Um, in essence, like, everybody's told me, oh, you're never going to sell a million-dollar real estate property because of the way you look. You're not wearing a suit. You're all baggy. You look scruffy. You look like a cholo. Sold million-dollar properties. Yeah. You know?
0: What's, Big what, time, brother. What's <laughs> the most you've made on a real estate
2: deal? Well, I'm uh, a real estate deal that I made, the most money I've made on one single transaction was $250,000. Oh,
1: shh. <laughs> <laughs> that changes lives right there.
2: $150,000. Yeah. What'd you spend it on? Everything Everything fucking stupid, bro. Um, that's, the, that's the biggest part about it, right? During my life, I've experienced many ups and downs, right? Um, and I can honestly tell you, like, if I could go back in time and tell myself one thing, it would be stop throwing away your money, trying to look away that people will appreciate and admire your success. Yes. Right, Because everybody does it that way. They drive the nice car, they buy the nice clothes, the name brand clothes, um, all the other shit that everybody thinks is associated with success. <laughs> um, but in essence, to me, if I could go back in time and tell myself one thing is, invest your fucking money. Invest like, your right? money. Buy invest your freedom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Buy your freedom, dude. Buy your time, right? Um, And we undervalue that. Mm -hmm. Like, I I believe, I talk to a lot of people, and people undervalue time. Mm -hmm. Like, they really don't understand how valuable and how expensive fucking time is, right? Because it costs a shit ton of money to sit at home and not do shit and still produce money. It costs so much fucking money to build up a business from the bottom up. It costs so much years, so much time, so much blood, sweat, and tears, where once it's successful, everybody looks at you and goes, oh, that's badass. I want to do what you did. But then they don't want to do what the beginnings parts of it is.
0: They think it's so fucking
2: easy. Oh, yeah. They think it was a blink of a fucking they eye. so fucking <laughs> easy. It happened in a blink true. of an eye. Yeah. Um, what did
0: it say? It took me five years to become an overnight success. Fucking A, dude. And I still don't uh, feel successful. So uh, wait. Cheers. Well, yeah. so that's... It's kind of a redundant question. But at what point did you feel like
2: i've made it um at what point that i feel that i've made it you know to be honest with you bro i i still don't feel that way you know i i keep pushing that level up and that's something that my wife always tells me that she admires about me that i never get complacent right that level of success i keep pushing it up like what do i want to invest in what do i want to do what do i want to own and now my mindset is completely different is what do i want my kids to own Right. Why I want my kids like everybody's talked to me about like, all oh, your kids are fucking lucky because they're going to have a hand hand me down. And it's funny to me to hear that from people that come from that victim mindhood mentality, because what the fuck am I supposed to do to my kids? Kick them in the balls and say, start from the bottom like I did. <laughs> like, no, bro, like I sweated my ass off and I'm going to actually help you start from, the, you know, from where I started, take my connections, take my network and build from it. Right? What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with it, dude. And everybody hates on it, right? And my my business partner, Sam, told me something very fucking interesting, dude. It blew my mind. I forgot who said it or who quoted it, but it was like, if if you're young and you're not a Democrat or a liberal, you weren't passionate, right? When you were young. Uh-huh. When you were young, if you weren't like a big time liberal, big time passionate, true. like that's very you weren't, you 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 were not living as a young person. Mm-hmm. And then once you get mature, older and you're not a full-blown Republican, you're not smart with your money. Yeah, because I oh. was, was so liberal. I that was so liberal. R- same, same. I
1: was like, tell me who's on the blue ticket. I'll vote oh, for Oh, dude,
2: everybody was, right? Because even me growing up, fuck yeah. the police. R- rich white people were assholes. Yes. They're lucky. Yeah. You know, they got given it to them, so on and so forth. But that was the passion inside of you, right? The victim mindset. Yeah, fuck you, The Ryan. victim. <laughs> exactly. I
1: was voting for whoever supported <laughs> weed. I, literally.
2: No, no. He's yeah. one of us. He's one
1: of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know?
2: so, for real. In essence, like to me, that blew my mind, right? Because. Now I look at you know that at least the politics side I look at it completely different, right? And it's either because I'm older, wiser, want to invest my money, and I want it to grow, but I don't want my kids to have like this mindset of everything is fucking easy. I want them to earn it as well too, but I don't see anything wrong with me focusing in on making sure that they're surrounded by people that are like minded like myself Just make from, it, for it. from the time that they're young, right? Hanging out with kids I want to talk about investment. Hanging out with kids I want to talk about money, growth, finances, freedom of time. Like, if I could do it all over again, dude, I would have never fucking partied a day in my fucking 20s. No, it's true. You know, I would have never partied a day in my 20s. And it's easy to say it now, right? Mm -hmm. And the young ones that are listening, it's hard for you to kind of comprehend it. But it's easy to say it now that I'm older. I'm about to be 40. I would have never fucking done it. Like, I would have never partied, never wasted my energy, never wasted my time. Because now I get to meet people that, at my age, they're jumping on private jets, partying in Micanos, taking their family to away breakfast fuck in fucking New York. Wow. Why? Because they invested their time wisely in the beginning. And the money. Right? Yep. And their money. You know, I've, I've never met a $100 bill that tells me I'm tired. Have you? That is such a good quote.
0: $100 bills don't don't talk. No, (laughs) $100 bills (laughs) be like, wake up at 3 a.m. If $100 bills start talking to me, i I (laughs) I I'll wake up at 3 a.m. (laughs) for
2: one of those things. Dude, I'm serious. Like, you put $100,000 to work, it's never going to ask you for a fucking day off. No. It's never going to ask you for, hey, can I get some part-time? Can I get a bonus? (gasps) I told you we had it. (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) This is the next Gary Vee (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But in essence, (laughs) we do get tired, right? Yeah. We do. And... Like, me, as I'm getting older and my kids are growing up, like, I want to spend as much time as I can with them, dude, because that time is fucking limited. Like, I look at my oldest son, and it's a blink of a fucking eye. He's 16. Dude, I'm like, holy shit. Like, what the fuck happened? When 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 did you grow up? When did you become a man, homie? Like, goddamn. You're talking to me about buying your own car, driving to school. Like, chill. Like, slow down. You wish. And, and, and it's 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 funny because, you know, as we were growing up, you'd listen to your parents say Shit. And then you become a parent and you, you listen to your kids. Like, my son, he wants to look older. He wants to already have a beard. And he wants to do this. And he wants to do that. And I'm telling him, like, dude, fucking enjoy it. There's some oh. of us that don't grow beards. <laughs> I, yeah, I, still, I still have an Apache beard, But in essence, like, I always tell him, I was like, dude, enjoy it. Enjoy the process, dude. Enjoy the life. Like Right now that you're young and you have all this fucking energy, invest it into investments, kid. Like, mm-hmm. And I always, shoot him, I always shoot him IG quotes and posts and stuff like that. Because I wish I had that growing up. Yeah. Like I wish I would have been surrounded by friends that cared about investing, and and not to undermine my friends, dude, I love all my boys. Like, and all of them had businesses. Mm-hmm. Like it was funny, be, but I never looked at it that way. Yeah. I only looked at it at, at the freedoms that they were gaining from the businesses that their parents owned and stuff like that, which was cool. Mm-hmm. But I never thought, what about if I owned the business?
0: Man. Oh man. You know? I remember growing <laughs> up where my like, I would always tell my friends, I'm like we're all hanging out. Like they're like, we, we love hanging out with each other. There's always, we're always together we're spending all this time together. Let's do something. And they're like, here's Diego again, thinking <laughs> he fucking better than everybody thinking he should, we're like, you know what I'm saying? Like they always like, cause I'm just thinking business minded, like we're spending the time anyway. And I came from a place where I, it's humble beginnings and I'm oh, like, yeah. I always wanted to be more. And just for that wanting to be more, I would get the, he thinks oh, he dude. thinks he's the yeah. shit. He's fucking this, he's that. He's better other. than us. If you're out there and you feel that your friends think the same way of you, dude, just honestly get dude, new if, ones. If you have <laughs> to get new ones dude, if you have to get new man. ones, get new ones. Or it's okay. If you have to leave and go and go find the new ones and still come yeah. back to your people and be like, yeah. hey, I fucking love you. And show them the love,
2: that's cool. But like honestly, man, like the, the real ones will stay the the other. Dude, life ones. life is too fucking short, man. Um, and it's, we say that, we say that often, but we really don't value it, Mm -hmm. right? It sucks because not until it happens to you, do you really realize how life, how short life is, Mm -hmm. right? So in essence to me, like I, I've changed my own perspective on a lot of things. Like I, I love all my boys, but if we're not investing our time in, in growing our net worth, then I need to invest my time on people that do, that want to grow it. I still love you. I'm still going to hang out with you. You could come and chill and barbecue at my mansion. Cool. By all means. Not a problem. But in essence, I want to grow, dude. I want freedom, right? Mm -hmm. And freedom is fucking expensive. (laughs) It (laughs) is. Yo, we're feeling that because we know what the market's like as a real estate agent right now. You know what? And And to be honest with you, I think right now we're in the best market. Um and In essence, as a realtor.
1: It's an honest market. It, it's,
2: yeah. it's, an honest, it's, it's not only an honest market. It's in a market that's going to expose people on the lack of time that they invested into their skills.
1: Holy shit.
2: So people that, that don't put the effort in won't get the return. 100%. So that's, that's like karma. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And it's opportunity, right? Because I'm listening to agents that are getting deals right now for just picking up the phone and fucking making a dial. Mm-hmm. And they go and list this property, and they don't know shit about real estate, right? Yeah. I'm not hating on them. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful thing about it, because right now, people don't understand like the opportunity that the, that there is. It's not a lack of inventory. It's an opportunity for you to create your own. Yes. Like that's what I'm looking at it like. Like I'm looking at damn, how many off market opportunities can I create? Mm-hmm. How many people can I talk to that want to sell their house that I could put it in my back pocket and go find myself the buyer and put the deal together and never put it on the market? Like where can I create those skills and generate those ideas with other agents? You know, because. The, f- the simple fact is, you, the one thing I always talk to agents about, and I have always ask this question, is what the fuck would you do if the PWR were to shut down tomorrow?
1: A lot less. What would you do? No, got, yeah, because we is, got no paisan. We, we, have no, we have no Sopranos affiliation, no association to back us this up. This is from that's someone a good point. You know, that's a good so point, man. You, you got to think about it. So many good
0: points. When, when they didn't have the fucking B W Y. No, yeah, it's true. So. They didn't
2: have it. What was it? In essence, less? how how are you building your database, right? Because your business in real estate is the people that you know, your center of influence, your network, right? How are you being able to provide that kind of a resource to them? How are you staying top of mind to them and letting them know that you're not an undercover agent, right? How are are you being, being able to provide value to the people that trust you with such a huge investment, right? So a lot of people rely on the PWR. A lot of people rely that on the MLS is the only way that I can actually market this property and sell it, right? It's not the fucking case. No. It's never been the case. And the more you rely on one thing, the weaker you become. You know, and that that exposes you. (laughs) It exposes you like you're (laughs) dropping
1: random things that are so heavy, so heavy for people like like me and Diego, because we feel that we've been everything that you're talking about. We've been through. We we were that 16 year old kid passing a bong on the couch thinking we're going to be the loser for the rest of our lives. (laughs) People like you say. No
2: fucking way. You can turn it around. A hundred percent, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a firm See, believer I of was,
0: that. I was 16 going, fuck yeah, I'm going to be the shit. And then, you, <laughs> and then it's like, it's like, I'm like fucking 29. I'm like, yo, where did time go? You know, I, dude, I thought I had the world at my fucking fingertips. Yes. No, yeah.
2: And it's not the case, man. And it's like, I tell people it's, It's you have to value your time and you have to value what you're invested in, you know, and and in real estate, it's it's a very small niche group of investors or a small niche group of realtors that actually work tremendously, have the products, the systems, the tools and the network to be able to sell properties without you even knowing.